So glad you're here with us tonight. I want to speak to you tonight on the subject of leveling up. I was in prayer this week. I was asking the Lord, I promised you that I would do this, and I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to teach on this week. And as I was sitting praying, I saw this vision of a video game. And I knew it was the Lord because I do not play video games, and I could see it just playing out in front of my eyes. And, and I said, Lord, what is that? And as I said it, the words level up came through my mind. I saw it as, as clear as could be, just like that. And, um, and you level up, as you will know, is a term that comes from gaming. It refers, and I took this right off the internet, it refers to advancing from one level of skill or power <laughs> to another. To advance or improve, to go to the next level. I, I wonder tonight how many people are here and want to go to the next level with the Lord. I, I wonder how many of us want to advance spiritually. I, I want to level up in power and authority. It's what I want more than anything in, in this world. Pastor Keith Craft says, you will never be able to level up until you're willing to grow up. I'm going to say that again because we like the leveling up stuff. We, we like the idea of more power. We like the idea of, of going up a level spiritually. But I want you to hear this quote again. You will never be able to level up until you're willing to grow up. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about this evening. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Him we preach. Oh, I'm telling you, if you ever hear me preach anything but him, run. I'm not into topical preaching. There isn't a whole lot of power in that. Him I preach. Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. Him we preach. And I preach, he says, warning and teaching every man in all wisdom in order that we can present every man mature and perfect and complete in Christ. The goal in ministry, my goal in ministry, and, and it should be in the church as a whole, should be spiritual maturity. You see, it's not about how many people we have in our congregation or how big or how nice our church is. God measures the success of a ministry by the spiritual maturity of the people in that ministry. God is looking for mature Christians, not just people taking up a pew on Sunday morning. I want you to check out another scripture. Go back to 1 Corinthians there's Acts and then there's Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. 1st Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. 
I fed you with milk and not solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able, for you are carnal. Notice he begins by, by saying he's speaking to the brethren. He is not talking to unbelievers here. He, he's talking to fellow believers. He, he's saying, I, I want to speak to you about the deeper things of God, but you're not ready or able to hear it. He said, uh, that's because you're fleshly Christians. You're, you're carnal Christians, baby Christians that don't want to grow up. Christians who never level up because they're not willing to grow up. And he says, brethren, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal. That word carnal is a fascinating word. Dr. Dr. Tony Evans has a great definition for carnality. He defines it as that spiritual state where a Christian knowingly and persistently lives to please self rather than to please Christ. I wonder how many of us, myself included, if truth be known, are really living to please self rather than Christ. Our aim is not to please him. In fact, we want his aim to be to please us. <laughs> it's all about our comfort. It's all about our happiness. It's all about our needs and our desires. It's not about pleasing God. He's talking to fleshly, immature Christians here. Those who consistently live to gratify the flesh and not to gratify the spirit. A carnal child of God is one who responds to a problem or lives his life out of his sinful human nature. Alan Redpath, one of my favorite preachers, says, A carnal Christian is a child of God, born again and on his way to heaven, but he's traveling third class. He's a man indwelt by the spirit, but mastered by the flesh. Paul said, I, I can't talk to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, uh, uh, but, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. That word babe, uh, Redmacher says this word babe is a description of the spiritually immature. Babies have little or no dis discernment or, or little or no self-discipline. They, they must be constantly told no. Mature believers are able to know right from wrong and control their sinful appetites. He's saying that there are people who have been saved and have been walking with Jesus for a long time, yet are, are, have little self-discipline, who, who don't say no to your flesh, who bow to the, the dictates of our sinful appetites. He said, you're the people I have to feed milk and not solid food. I, I've been chewing on this for two weeks. I, I just need to tell you it's a hard message to preach. It's not a message that people are running to church to hear. We don't want to hear these messages, but I'm here to tell you that if you want to level up, we've got to grow up in the spirit. You say, well, Rhea, we are saved by grace. You rock on with your bad self. I am so grateful. There is no one more grateful than this woman standing in front of you, uh, the chief of all sinners. I am so grateful that I am saved by grace, that I couldn't work it, I couldn't be good enough for it, I couldn't earn it, but that same grace that saved me is now empowering me and equipping me to level up, to walk in obedience to the word of God that brings life. 
He says, I, I want to feed you solid food, but I, I have to just feed you milk. Do you know what that word milk means? It's fascinating. If you look it up in the original language, I'm just quoting straight from my, my, my Greek dictionary. It says it's a metaphor for the less difficult spiritual truths. He said, you're so carnal. I know you're saved. I know you're going to heaven, but guess what? I can't teach you meat, the, the meat, the solid food, or the, 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 the more difficult spiritual truths. Here's the definition for that one. That which delights and truly satisfies the mind. I, I, I want to feed you the thing that's going to delight you, that's going to satisfy your mind, that, that you're going to find such satisfaction in, that you're going to be full from the things of the Lord and not from the things of this world. But guess what? I can't feed it to you because you're so carnal. All I can give you are these less difficult spiritual truths. You know, the ones that make you feel good. The, the ones that, that, that make you laugh when you leave church and you don't have to be convicted and you don't have to change and you know what, Masha, God loves you. And he does. He does love you so much that he died for you. He loves you. You are loved by God. The, 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 but that's a less difficult spiritual truth because who doesn't like to be loved? Me. I love to be loved. But there are, there's a solid food that he wants you to be eating on that's going to grow you up, that's going to help you level up, and you are going to walk in such power and such authority that you're going to take a world for him. That's what I'm interested in. I am not interested in a feel-good truth that's going to make me leave here and say, that was so fun. Wasn't it fun, Dave? It was so fun to be there. I want a truth that's going to rock my world, that's going to change me, that's going to make me look like him, that I'm going to act like him, that I'm going to manifest him to a lost and dying world, that I am going to lay hands on the sick, and they are going to recover. I'm telling you, we have got to grow up. If we want to level up, church, we've got to grow up. He said, I want to feed you solid food. Oh, Don, do we have the video of Frankie? This is my, this is my granddaughter. Look. <laughs> Is she a chunker or what? She just stopped doing breast milk. And she is so excited about food. Like, I said to my daughter-in-law, can you send me some food videos? And she's like, I got so many. I had so much trouble deciding which one to feed because she has salmon that she's stuffing double fisting in her mouth. And, and she loves solid food. And if little Frankie, <laughs> even as chunky as she is, okay, Sarah, uh, even as chunky as she is, if little Frank went back to breast milk only, she would wither away. She would fail to thrive. Because there comes a point, even in Frankie, an infant's life, where you got to start eating solid food. And Frankie loves it. You see, Frankie didn't have an appetite for solid food until she started eating it. Now, forget the milk. She wants solid food. Her brothers, her dads, her moms, everybody. She wants it. Give me some more. She got some teeth. She's getting some teeth. You see, you got to be careful what you feed her because her teeth, she needs teeth to be able to, to, to chew up that food, to be able to, 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 to really just bite it and break it up. <laughs> Paul's saying, I, I want to give you food, but you're not mature enough to be able to break this up. You'll choke on it. 
I, I, I want to give you food, but, but, but you can't take a whole steak. You've got, you got to be mature enough to chew that thing up, to break it up, to take it a bite at a time. Where are my Friday morning people? We take it a bite at a time on Friday morning because I'm teaching them to be mature. I'm teaching them to take the word of God and know how to break it up because some of you don't get anything from the word of God. It's just milk to you. It's just something you're drinking and you're not getting anything out of it. It'll still nourish you, but you're not thriving because you haven't matured to a point where you're learning to break that thing up and digest it and be able to take it in and let it feed you. And let me tell you, just like little Frankie, the more of that kind of solid food you get, the more you're going to want. We have what basically standing room only on Friday mornings because those people are getting to a place where they want more. They don't want to miss Friday morning because they're learning not to listen to Rhea break it up, but they're learning to break it up and chew on it all week long, and they're digesting it. And, and I'm giving them solid food, and they are thriving. They are maturing. Frankie, just since the last time we saw her, got bigger, didn't she, Dave? We're like, oh, my goodness, we can barely lift her because she's eating solid food, and she is maturing. He says, I can't give you that. I want to give it to you, but I can't. One commentator said this was fascinating to me. Teaching God's word is a two-way matter. There is knowledge and ability of the teacher to explain things clearly and in an interesting matter. In an interesting manner, can I tell you that I always pray, Lord, help me to clearly and effectively preach your gospel. That's, that's on me. I have to study to show myself approved. I have to correctly handle the word of God. I have to be able to give it in, in, in an interesting manner and explain it clearly. That's my part. He says, but there's also the receptability of the hearers. It is significant that the best teacher who ever lived used to exhort his audience, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Take care how you listen forever. Whoever has to him more shall be given, and whoever does not have even what he thinks he has shall be taken away from him. That was Jesus. If Jesus is the preacher and the message isn't coming through, guess who's at fault? When hearers are dull, teaching is difficult. I often will hear people say, I, I just felt a little condemned. No, dear, you felt convicted, but because you didn't submit to the spirit inside of you who will take that conviction and transform you, your flesh that you submitted to felt condemned. Do you see the difference? It's the receptability of the hearers, not the message that's going forth. Hebrews Five, chapter, chapter 5, verses 11, 11 through chapter 6, verse 3. It's a big chunk, but I want to read that. Um, this I could preach on for weeks. I, I, I feel like, Lord, I'm not doing you justice tonight by, by just giving you the things that I, I, I saw in this because there's so much here. So take it home and study. Let's start in verse um, 11 of whom we have much to say. He's just talked to them about the order of Melchizedek, and, 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 and he realizes as he's talking to them uh, about Melchizedek, he, he's realizing they're not grasping what he's saying. And he's saying, I have a whole lot more to say to you, and this is where he picks up. Uh, I have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... 
You need someone to teach you, again, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the, work of righteous, in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Oh, there's so much there. But Rick Renner uh, summarized this better than anybody I'd read, and I want to share it with you tonight. He said, what would you think of a full-grown adult who never got serious about learning his ABCs and therefore had to keep repeating first grade over and over again? Imagine 50 or so years passing since that person first entered grade school. As he nears his 60th birthday, there he still sits at a tiny little desk in a room full of first graders. Would you find that situation normal, or would you find it strange? It would be especially bizarre if that old man was mentally sound, yet found himself still sitting at a tiny desk in a room full of first graders because he had been too slothful to apply himself to learn. And strange as that scenario might seem to you, it happens all the time in, in the Christian community. Many believers who have known the Lord for years have remained at the same level of, of spiritual immaturity ever since they were baby Christians. They never applied themselves or got serious about their spiritual growth, and so they perpetually remain spiritually immature. And though they've been saved for many years, they're still sitting in the beginner's class in Sunday school with, their chil with children, figuratively speaking. They should be further along in their spiritual growth, but because they were never diligent about their walk with God, they just kept repeating the basics over and over again. He says, you, you're living in the elementary principles of, of, of life, of Christian life, and, and I want you to move beyond that. And he said, and the reason you're doing that is because you become dull of hearing. That word dull of hearing, the opposite of dull is sharp. He's saying you were once sharp spiritually, now you've become dull. And it means slow, sluggish, uh, indolent, dull. It, it literally means lazy. You've become lazy spiritually. I, I want to feed you milk, but you can't, you can't handle it. I, I want to give you meat, but you can't handle it. All you want is milk. And, it's, it, it, you, and I want to tell you the deeper things of God, but I can't do it because you've become dull of hearing. And that dullness of hearing is because you've been lazy spiritually. It describes someone who could really care less about scripture and who's too lazy to apply it to their life. They're, they're too lazy to have a daily time in the word. Their spiritual hearing, hearing has become dull. It, it's in the perfect tense. It's used to describe a completed action in the past which is still producing results in the present. They may have started out strong spiritually, but they got lazy, and now they've drifted into a low standard of Christian life. They're no longer thriving. They're spiritual infants. 
And this is a warning for Christians. We can start out strong but get lazy spiritually. We can get up in the morning and have misplaced priorities. We can let the busyness of life crowd out our time in the Lord. And we cannot level up until we're willing to grow up. You will not be able to level up in power and authority if you are not spending time with the one who will give it to you. They became disconnected, and they didn't even realize it. And the writer of Hebrews is warning them about that disconnect. Uh, He's warning them about the fact that they don't even realize they're dull of hearing. They're withering away, and they don't even realize it. When I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, my son Tyler at that time was about five years old, and I was out trimming the shrubbery, and and I had these little clippers, and and I was clipping my shrubbery, and I was pretty proud of my, my, my landscaping, and One day I went out a few weeks later and I happened to notice that some of the branches on the shrubs were withering away. What I didn't know is that after Tyler David had seen me trimming my shrubbery, he behind my back went back and got the clippers and he continued to clip my shrubbery as well and it didn't show up the day that he did it, it showed up a couple weeks later. The the withering didn't start until a few weeks later. And and Donald Gray Barnhouse says, withering is a slow process, barely perceptible at first to the one who is being withered or to those who look on. I I didn't notice at first that it had been disconnected from the vine and and that withering would, would take place. It didn't happen the second it was disconnected. It happened a few weeks later. And the same is true with our Christian life. When we become disconnected from the vine, when all the other priorities of this world take 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 precedence and we stop spending time in the word we stop spending time in prayer we stop spending time in his presence will be disconnected from the vine and withering will happen it won't be perceptible perceivable right away but eventually we'll become dull of hearing thomas guthrie um, soberly warned if you find yourself loving any pleasure more than your prayers any book better than the Bible, any house better than the house of the Lord, any table better than the Lord's table, any person better than Christ, any indulgence better than the hope of heaven, be alarmed. He said, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you again the first principle of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. And let's just go down some of those words. He says, you, you ought to be teachers. I don't think he's saying that every one of you in this room is a platform teacher and you're going to be up there teaching. What, what he's saying is, you by this time have so much knowledge in your head, you should be able to teach other people. There should be progress, spiritual progress in your life, but you're not even able to teach yourself. You ought to be teachers, but now you need someone to still teach you. And he said, you're you're wanting someone to teach you again the the first principles of of the oracles of God. Notice he lists those. He says, let's go down through them. Repentance from from dead works. He he talks about, um, let's just go down through those quickly. Repentance of dead works. Lord, help me. Uh, Repentance from acts that lead to death. Do you know that there are acts that lead to death for a Christian? You say, well, Rhea, 
My sins are forgiven. Yes, they are. Past, present, and future. They are. But it does not change the fact that there are things that we do that lead to spiritual death. There are things that that, that we do that have consequences in our life, even when they're forgiven. And he says, repentance from acts that lead to death, acts that bring death to our soul, things that make us miserable, even though we're saved and going to heaven. He's saying repentance is an elementary principle. It's an elementary principle. Do you understand that? It's elementary. It's basic. And yet the church doesn't even understand the importance of repentance. That repentance, there are acts that lead to death. And rather than avoid those acts, we're embracing them because we haven't even gotten this elementary principle. It's an elementary principle. It's a basic principle. He said faith in God. It's an elementary principle. You can't turn from something, which is what repentance is, unless you're turning to God. But he's saying faith in God is an elementary principle. Do you know that you can trust God? The word faith is total trust. Do you know that you can totally trust God? Do you know that his word is truth? That it's yea and amen to those who believe that he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should ever repent. He is not sorry that he gave us his word. He means it. He means his word. And that is an elementary principle. It's, it's a basic principle of Christianity that God can be trusted. But he said, you need somebody to keep teaching you this, the importance of repentance. He, you need somebody to keep teaching you that you can trust God. Instruction about cleansing rites, that's baptism. The laying on of hands, here's my, here's my pet peeve. This gift is usually related to the bestowing of spiritual gifts or the imparting of the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you, this is what I see. People running, I, I'm charismatic, I'm, I'm a proud charismatic. I, I'm a proud charismatic. I'm married an evangelical, proud charismatic. I I don't hide it. I don't apologize for it. I am a charismatic. Nobody believes in the laying on of hands or the imparting of spiritual gifts more than I do. Nobody believes in the the power of the Holy Spirit and in the the importance of the spiritual gifts flowing in a service more than this girl right here. Nobody. But here's what I have a problem with. Leslie, let's go see a prophet. There's a prophet in town. Let's go hear him. Give me a word. I just need a word. Can you give me a word? I just need a word from God. You have ears to hear. You have ears to hear. You have ears to hear. That's an elementary principle. It's an elementary principle that the Holy Spirit is powerful, that there is a laying on of hands, that healing is powerful and it's real, that God can heal, that that he can set free, that he can break bondages. But we run after that like it is all that in a bag of potato chips. My Bible says that signs and wonders will follow, not might, will follow those who believe. I don't need to follow signs and wonders. I'm telling you, they're following this girl because I believe. It's an elementary principle. We have got to grow up if we want to level up. It's an elementary principle. Gifts, spiritual gifts. Fruit. Now, baby, fruit. Let's talk about fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. That comes from abiding. 
That comes from my spending time with Jesus. That, that comes from his word abiding in me and me abiding in his word and, and changing the world because of that. That takes intentionality. That takes discipline. Gifts are given. I love gifts. It's almost my birthday month. I love <laughs> gifts so much I can't even tell you. But I don't earn gifts. They're just, they're just given I, freely from, from the giver. He just loves to give gifts. Can I tell you? No good thing does he withhold from those who love him. You don't have to beg him. You don't have to plead with him. You just have to receive them. Gifts are not earned. You don't have to be good enough for, for a gift. You don't have to be mature at all for a gift. Can I tell you, Alton, Frankie's brother. I'm sorry you get sick of my grandchildren, but... They are like my best material. But, but every, I pray every morning. Leslie and I get together every morning, and, and we pray. And one of the things I pray for constantly are my children and my grandchildren. I, I, I pray I have these declarations I make over my, especially my grandchildren. I'm telling you, my grandchildren will be taught by the Lord. And great will their peace be. They're going to be mighty they're going to be kingdom advancers and world shakers. They're going to have hearts that are tender and set on pleasing the Lord. They're going to hear the Lord's voice at an early age. They're, they're going to walk in a straight and narrow path and never depart from it. They are going to affect a culture and a world for Jesus because this grandma is going to, she's going to declare it. She's going to come into agreement with God's word, and I'm going to see it in their life. And so I know it. I, I, I'm absolutely convinced of it. So the other night, Tyler is putting, uh, now this is Tyler the police officer, is putting my grandson to bed. And my grandson says to him, Daddy, we're getting a new dog. And Tyler just chuckled because they have a dog, and there is no intention of them getting another dog. And so he kind of just ignored him. He said, Daddy, we're getting a new dog. And Tyler said, okay, Alton, and it's going to be black. And Tyler said, yeah, okay, buddy, good night. He puts him to bed. And... The next day he goes into work and he gets called into the sergeant's office and the sergeant said to him, Tyler, we need a new canine officer and we're wondering if you'd be interested. <laughs> Tyler said to me, Mama, if that dog is black, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I said, Tyler, I pray every day that that boy can hear the voice of the Lord. He's like, Mom, I think he's prophetic. I think he had a word of, a, a word of knowledge. And I said, I have absolutely no... Gifts are not just for the spiritually mature. That's why you can see people flowing in the gifts on platforms all across the United States. And then you hear that they fell into sin and destroyed a whole ministry in the process. Because gifts are not based on maturity. They're just given. They're just given. And so he said... He, Laying on of hands, spiritual gifts, the resurrection of the dead. Here's a reality. Death is not the end. <laughs> My hairdresser says, you're just changing addresses. Yes, you are. And, and, and it is merely the physical conclusion of our life here in the, this world. That's a basic principle. That's something we should get. Eternal judgment. It's appointed to man to die once. 
and then face judgment. That is a basic principle, an elementary principle of Christianity. We, we need to know you're going to die once and you are going to face judgment. That's reality. That, that's true. But it's elementary principle. He says, let us leave those elementary principles and let's press on to maturity. He, he's not saying leave them like they're not important. He's saying let, let's move beyond them. Let, let's get beyond them to the deeper things of God the deeper things of God. And he said, but you just need someone to teach you those over and over and over again. He said, I, I, I want to give you meat. You can only drink milk. That's why so many of us are content to go to church services where there are meatless messages and feel-good messages Sunday after Sunday because we're not able to take the deeper things of God. John MacArthur says, the contrast here is simple. One who continues to feed only on God's elementary revelations is not going to grow, not going to have any discernment. A small child will stick almost anything into its mouth, touch anything he can reach, go anywhere he can manage to crawl with no concept of what is good for him and what is bad, what is helpful and what is dangerous. The mature adult, on the other hand, has developed considerable discernment. He is careful about what he eats, where he, where, what he does, and where he goes. The same principle operates in the spiritual realm. The mature believer has discernment about what is right and wrong, true and false, helpful and harmful. He, he says, I, I, I want to I teach you. Um, I want to teach you the deeper things of God. And solid food belongs to those who are full age. Those by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern what is good and evil. He's, he, he talks about the word of righteousness, a word that brings right living. What, when we take those solid food, when we chew them and digest them and tear them apart in our, and apply them to our life, they bring righteousness. They, they bring right living in, in, this, in this life. But he says, by reason of use, when we apply them, when we apply those things to our life, we have our senses exercised to discern good and evil. That word exercise is where we get our word gymnasium. I, I really don't like the gymnasium. I don't like it at all because I don't like to exercise. And I don't, I, I'm, Jane is here, Jane is fit as fit can be, and she likes to exercise. I don't because it requires incredible discipline, incredible self-discipline, and I, that's, that's hard to exercise. And, but I have started to really like pickleball. I like it a lot, probably too much. And I watch videos at night when I can't sleep. I'm watching videos on pickleball. And I'm like training myself, watching these videos. I've been reading books about it. I, I get all this, I'm storing up all this information on pickleball. And, 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 and Leah Cirillo's husband, Larry, super good at pickleball. And, and he's like having your own coach when you get him one-on-one. -on -one. And so he gave me this pointer. He said, Rhea, I love to smash the ball. Like, love it. Like, people like to dink the ball. People like to just hit the ball. I like to have a big old one coming and just smash it. I just love it. It's so much fun. And you smash it right at people's feet. And it's, it's so satisfying. I can't even tell you. And, and so Larry said, Rhea, so I was smashing them. And every time I'd smash them, they'd go right into the net. And he said, Rhea, I can give you a little pointer. He said, when you see that ball coming, put your hand up and point at it. 
and take your racket and then bring it through and it'll hit the person's feet. Man, it's so good. Like every time I do it, it, it it's bingo. It's spot on. The problem is I watch video after video on it. Like I give Dave pointers. <laughs> the other night he kept serving into the net. I'm like, baby, here's what you need to do. I watched this. I got it. I learned this is the trick, and he did it, and it went right over, and I was like, see, I'm trained. I'm getting this stuff. Then he lobs the ball over, and I go, bam, and it goes right into the net because even though I was trained, even though I had all this head knowledge about pickleball, I didn't apply it. I could teach somebody else. I could correct somebody else. That's really what I was doing. I can correct somebody else. But because I'm trained in it doesn't mean I'm applying it to, my, to the game of life. See, there's some of us that are sitting here. Tonight, he says, it doesn't matter if you eat solid food, if you don't exercise it. If you don't apply it to your life, you're not going to discern good and evil. You're not going to discern good and evil. You might even be able to correct somebody else. You might know all the right stuff logically. You might be able to preach a good sermon. But if you're not applying what you learned and discerning good from evil because of what you learned, it's not helping you one bit. It's not helping you one bit. Hebrews 6, 12, 6, 1 and 2, he said, I want you to move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and go forward into maturity, not laying again the foundation of all of those things that we talked about. We need to move beyond those things, not forget about them, but they're the basics. And now we need to move beyond the basics to the deeper things uh, of Christ. And don't ignore it, move beyond it. These are the ABCs of faith. They're the elementary teaching. My, my grandsons are learning their ABCs. They can sing the ABC song. They just know it. It's so sweet. And, and, and one of them can start recognizing letters. And, and, and his mom, the last time I was up visiting, I saw she had flashcards flash with phonics because she understands if he's going to kindergarten just singing his ABC songs, he has to learn to identify the letters. Then he has to learn to take those letters and sound them out and put them together and form a word and then he'll be reading, then he'll be writing college papers, and then he'll be preaching from a pulpit, and, and, and that's the, pro the progress in life. Now, if my 37-year-old son was still coming here singing the ABC songs and never able to put words together, there would be something wrong with that picture, wouldn't it? It would be pathetic if he was just learning singing, still singing the ABC songs, and he had never learned phonics, never learned to put words together, never learned to read and write at 37 years old. There's nothing worse than seeing a grown man act like a child. And, 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 and so that's the spiritual life as well. We weren't just meant to stick with the ABCs, the basic principles of Christianity, those foundational principles that are important, but we were never meant to stay there. We were meant to apply those to our life and use them to advance and spiritually mature. But some of us can't even get the repentance thing down. We can't even get the laying on of hands thing down. We can't get the I can trust God thing down. And we need to leave those things behind and move beyond them. Move beyond them. 
Someone once said the ultimate test of Christian maturity is obedience. To the degree that you obey Christ is the degree to which you are spiritually mature. Not how much you do, not how loud you sing, not how high you raise your hands, not what spiritual gifts you have. It's how well you obey Jesus. So in closing, can I ask you a question? Where is your spiritual progress? I don't mean when you compare yourself to someone else. How do you measure up? I'm asking you as a believer, what kind of progress are you making growing in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Because you see, it's not just growing in knowledge. It's growing in grace because that same grace that saved us is what's going to allow us to mature and enable us to mature. J. Vernon McGee, an oldie buddy goodie, says, I don't care how active you are in the church. You may be an officer. You may be a board member. You may be on every committee in the church. You may be a leading deacon or an elder. I don't care who you are or what you are. If you are not studying the word of God, if you don't know how to handle it, you're a little baby. It's tragic to occupy a church office when you're just a little baby. You ought to come on and grow up. It's tragic that there are people who have been members of the church and have been saved for years and they're still going around saying goo goo gaga. They have nothing to contribute but baby talk and they want to be burped periodically. <laughs> so I just want to close with the same quote that I opened with that you'll never be able to level up if you don't want to grow up. Because I'm telling you, in keeping with this game, um, video game, this game, video game theme, the end of a video game, it says game over. And um, that's the message that's used in video games when the player has run out of lives. And the day is coming for each one of us when we're going to run out of this life and into the next one. We get one shot at this. I, I don't know about you. Maybe you don't care about this. Maybe there's a scripture that says we can escape and get to heaven just like by the skin of our teeth is what it really means. I'm not interested in that. I want to hear his well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want to hear it. I want to know that my life mattered for eternity. I, I, I don't just want to say I got a mansion over the hilltop and say, I, I, I don't just want that. I, I want to hear his well done. If he only knew what he redeemed me from, if he only knew how he took my feet out of the muck and the mire, and I want to live my life to please him. Yes, I know all the spiritually pat answers. Oh, Rhea, he's already pleased with you. You don't earn, you don't earn that. No, you don't. But you know what? The crowns that we throw at his feet one day are the crowns that we receive for the deeds that we've done. And the only thing I have to give back to him, the only thing that I have to give back to him is the lives that are going to heaven here on earth that, that this ministry has influenced. So the people we've snatched from the fire and the crowns that he has given to me to throw at his feet. I want to please him. I want to level up. I want to go up higher with him. I don't want to know about him. 
I want to know him. You see, the Israelites, what's the scripture? Leslie, you know this one. The Israelites, um, they understood the, de the, the, de the, the deeds of God. But Moses understood the ways of God. I want to know the ways of God. That's what I'm interested in. I don't, he doesn't have to do anything for me. He saved me. Can I just tell you? He saved me. If he doesn't do another thing for me in this life, that was already way too much. So much more than I deserved. I want to know him. The power of his resurrection. The writer of Hebrews says, let's leave those elementary things. Let's progress. Let's mature. Let, let, let's advance. Advance. I, I have a picture of an army advancing on an enemy. In order to advance and, and get an enemy, you, you have to level up. You gotta level up. To advance, we have to level up. We have to leave those things. I've had more stories this week of people coming to me saying, Rhea, I did this. And, you know, I, I don't understand why I don't hear from God. I don't understand why. Why, why I can't lay hands on the sick. I, I don't understand why I'm not seeing God's power in my life. I, I don't understand why I can't hear him like you hear him. Can you tell me what that is? But here's what I just did this week. And it's this blatant sin. It's ugly. But you know what? God forgives me. Yes, he does forgive you. Yep, he does. Absolutely, 100%. You are forgiven. But if you want to level up, you've got to, to, to understand the importance of true repentance. I'm going to preach next week on the difference between remorse and repentance because there's a massive difference. Do you understand that? There's a massive difference between living life of repentance and remorse. Remorse says, I'm sorry, I got caught, I'm feeling a little shame, I'm feeling a little guilt here, and I want relief from that. Do you know that Judas, the Bible says that Judas repented, and then he went and hung himself. People that truly repent don't hang themselves. People that are filled with shame and guilt and want free from that might. The word that's used when the Bible says that Judas repented is not the same one that John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter came ushering in, in, the, in their ministry saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That word repent means to repent and be sorry for your sin in a way that affects your mind so much that you never want to go back there again because you understand that it, it'll, it's repentance from death, from acts that lead to death, and I am not going back there again. Now, remorse. Judas repented and then he went and hung himself. He realized, I can't be in Jesus's inner circle anymore. We're not tight anymore. I, I, not I did something that's going to contribute to getting Jesus crucified. Not I took money to do this. It, it, was, it was just, I just don't want to feel this way anymore. I feel yucky. I, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Those are two different things. We're going to talk a bit, I think. Next, who knows? I, Dave says, Rhea, stop telling them what you're going to teach them next week because you never do. But, okay, so hear me. Please don't leave here and say, we just got slammed by Rhea. No, you got the word of God, bam, 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 straight down through the word of God. If you don't like it, my daughter, Kendall, yeah, my, my daughter, Kendall, uh, called me, she met this cutie patootie. 
at the, at the gym. He's a doll baby. And, and I said, Kenny, does he know Jesus? And she's like, Mom, why do you always ask me that? And I'm like, because it needs to be the first question you ask, sweetheart, before you go out with him. And she's like, Mom, I'm really sick of this. This is what you do to me all the time. And I said, baby girl, this is not my rule. This is God's rule. And if you have a problem with it, you take it up with God. And, and so what I just gave you tonight was God's stuff. And if you have a problem with it, you take it up with God. But, but you get to choose where you sit. Don't come back. You're not hurting me. You're hurting yourself. Because I promise you that what I'm preaching is directly out of the word of God. I promise you that I've studied to show myself approved. I'm not going to give you a fine-sounding message because I'm not interested in those. Are those the messages I listen to? I am hard. You think I'm hard on you. You have no idea the standard I've put for myself. And, and I don't preach something to you till it's preached to me. But I want to level up. I want to level up. I want him to say, here's some more solid food for you. This is a steak. This is a steak and it's tasty. There's a difference between, I love Carnivore Steakhouse. I can't afford to go to Carnivore Steakhouse, but I love it. It is a treat of all treats for me. Have you ever been there? I mean, you can cut the steak with a butter knife, can't you, Davey? And, and I love it. It's, it's, it's delicious. And, and I, I love it. And it's just, mm. but there's a difference between Culver's Hamburger and Carnivore Steakhouse. They are both solid food. They will both nourish me. But baby, if I have my druthers, give me Carnivore. I, I love it. And God says, here's some solid truth, some solid food for you. But I want Carnivore. I want him to say, I got because the Bible says there are secret things of God. Riches stored in secret places. I'm, I'm after those. I'm after those. I don't want what every other preacher's preaching. I'm not interested in that. I know pastors who will hear a message and then go preach that same message that they heard, just redo it a different way. I'm not interested in that. I want carnivore. I want him to say, Rhea, here's carnivore. I don't want culvers. I want carnivore. Want to level up? We got to grow up, and so please don't leave here saying, "I'm convicted. I'm condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to call you up higher. I'm here to call you up higher." So, Father, thank you for every man and woman in this place. Thank you that you know them by name, that you know everything about them, and you love them. You love them. And there is nothing they could ever do to separate themselves from your love. You don't expect us to be perfect, Lord God. You equip us for perfection now. So, Father, help us to tap into all that you've put into us. Help us to tap into the power of the Spirit that dwells within us and to begin to walk out. Begin to walk out what you've called us to be and to do. Father, bless each person here tonight. Take us in deeper. Feed us. Feed us, Lord, the richness of your word. Take us up higher with you. Take us in deeper with you. Lord, I'm not interested in needy. 
I'm not interested in ankle deep. I want to go in over my head with you. I, I want to know you better. Take us deeper, Lord. It's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. 